0: Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning Second here with Douglas Davidson, Daryl Manzel, and Thomas Manning. We are talking 2020, and I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, I don't want to talk about 2020 anymore. Well, too bad, because if you're tuned into this show, we're going to talk about some good things that happened in cinema. Now, this is part two of a very special episode of Meet Me at the Movies. It actually episodes... I guess so. This will be a series. Uh, would it be a limited series? I, I don't know if that's the if if a limited series means two or more. anybody anybody. I
1: feel like you need like about seven eight. Okay. In order to call yourself yeah. A limited series. So we're
0: we're not a limited series, but uh, th- this is a two part special. So it's, uh, um, it's a it's the sequel to uh, the Meet Me at the Movies twenty twenty flashback where we talked about films or film moments that we are that we're worth remembering is that is that right am i getting that right that's Anybody? Good. okay all right cool all right well uh the last episode I, I i did not get a chance to talk at all so i thought i'd <laughs> talk for the rest of this time and let everybody just listen uh, intently as if you care so uh, one of those things that really worked for me <laughs> this past year which was kind of odd is i was fortunate enough to be involved in several interviews, a lot of Zoom interviews. And uh, I can't say how fortunate enough I am that I've been able to do interviews over the past few years. It's been great. Some that I never expected to happen. But this past year, there were a lot of Zoom interviews. And uh, some were, you know, well-known names, but, but some were not. And one of the ones that sticks out with me is a name that a lot of people may not be aware of, Catlin Moran Uh, is uh, from the UK, she's written books, and she wrote her first screenplay that was a semi-autobiographical film, How to Build a Girl. And she was absolutely hilarious, and we just talked and talked and talked, and uh, she just was one of these people that you felt like, after five minutes, you've known them your entire life, and you, you feel like you could just continue to speak with them. And that's how Catlin was. And honestly, we could have we could have talked for another two or three or four hours, but that was the one interview that, that stands out above all of the rest. And, you know, we're talking about even people that, like I said, Hollywood names that you would know, but hers just stands out. So I, I'm sorry, Gary Oldman uh, and George Clooney, <laughs> if you're watching, you didn't even hold a candle to Catelyn Moran. You're, you're awesome in your own right, in your own way. You are. But you're no Caitlin Moran because I know Caitlin Moran. So there you go, one of my moments from twenty twenty.
1: <laughs> really like that movie
0: too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, Um I don't even know who's next. Who? Somebody help me out here. Daryl. Daryl. Okay, is it Daryl? Okay, Daryl. Sure.
1: You're next, buddy. Order.
0: Go for it, man. <laughs> uh,
1: I want to give a highlight to. Uh, I want to actually go back to to and Douglas in the last episode brought up uh, birds of prey uh, and a specific scene in birds of prey. And I kind of want to go back to just, uh, just what that movie did. And we hear the phrase representation matters a lot. Um, and that is, I mean, it's, it's two simple words that mean uh, a whole lot more when you put them back to back together and seeing all sorts of, of just females, women, Anybody who identifies as a woman seeing just a number of of really, you know, badass chicks together doing badass stuff. It's, uh, it's good to see. We, we've gotten a number of the Avengers in the Bro movies, but uh, this was this was one for them, and it was a fairly solid movie. Um, I'm not a fan of the portrayal of Black Mask and, and Ewan McGregor in that movie, but I understand what that movie means for people. So if I had to uh, go ahead and kick mine off for this episode, um, definitely just uh, just seeing people be able to identify enough characters and a diverse enough cast of characters that that you can't have one to pick out that that's the one I identify with. That's the one that I identify with. Yeah, representation matters, and I I love that. And shout out to the egg sandwich. It it resurged <laughs> the love of the egg sandwich.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome, good job, Daryl. All right, Mr. Douglas, go for it, buddy.
2: Well, uh, I I agree. Uh, girl gang movies, we need more of them. We absolutely do, particularly with the level of detail that went into the costume design and just the thought of everything with, with, with Birds of Prey. Uh, the movie I wanted to bring up, it's another specific scene. It's, without getting into details, it comes from a controversial film, if you will, Promising Young Woman uh, by Emerald Fennell. The performance from her lead actor, Carrie Mulligan is one of the best performances uh, of the year. It honestly is. It's complex. There's a balancing act that is going, but on so many different levels to explore uh, a woman who is experiencing survivor's guilt, having had a friend go through an assault and not survive it. In the end of this movie, we were talking about it before we began recording this. uh, I do agree with Thomas, who said that he thinks it's meant to provoke. I agree with that. Uh, There are, unfortunately, women in my circle who could identify with this story in a number of different ways. And the fact that that happens is frustrating beyond belief. And so I don't think there was a way to end this story any other way that would provide a satisfying ending at all and even though this ending that it has does not satisfy people because as one critic wrote um alessandra i forget her i forget your last name alessandra i'm so sorry but uh she wrote that in give us our fiction right give us our happy ending in our fiction but i don't think for this character there was a happy ending to be had. And so the ending as it plays out is so perfect and makes sense when you look at the different levels that the character and the story goes through. So that film, that ending in particular, it's just, I, I raised my fist in a yes kind of way. Uh, that is just glorious and I hope more people see it.
0: Yeah, I think there were so many films and stories that connected to the power of woman. Mm-hmm. 2020, and there, there are several of them that we could go down. And when I, when I was talking about Catelyn Moran earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, that story was, was the power of, of a woman making her choices, coming of age, but making her choices no matter what anybody else said. So yeah, yeah, man, what what in that film? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thomas, dive in, buddy, with, uh, with what's next on your list, my friend, as we look back at 2020, the good things that, or the things that we remember and want to remember relating to film.
3: Oh, yes. I'm going to talk about the final arc in uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars in season seven. they Disney Plus brought it back for one final season. They'd had all these concepts and had some um, conceptual uh, animatics laying around for like however many years, probably five years or so, five to seven years, and finally brought it back for one final season, filled in a lot of the gaps and a lot of the context. So the final arc, these final four episodes were called The Siege of Mandalore. And it blended beautifully with uh, some of the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith, uh, parallel storylines and timelines, and provided a lot of great context and detail and filled in some of the gaps that had been missing there and almost retrospectively made the prequels more impactful. Uh, The Star Wars prequels, they have uh, their fair share of issues. Um, But I think the story was always really fascinating and just George Lucas's you know, create a vision of the overarching story. Um, and then to have this final season, specifically this final arc, um, you just kind of put the finishing touches on everything that Lucas had laid the groundwork for was really, really awesome. Uh, I'd been watching Star Wars The Clone Wars for, uh, I think it premiered like 12 years ago when I was in third grade. So now here I am, junior. Uh, My junior. <laughs> Uh, college something along those (laughs) lines um so here basically 12 years later uh seeing it come full circle and being completed uh was just really fulfilling um and seeing the progression of the animation just absolutely dazzling um with the detail and on the characters and in the action the action direction within animation it's, it's been so so awesome uh the character of Ahsoka Tano that's been developed uh Anakin Skywalker's Padawan who grew into her own character is probably one of the best characters to come out of the prequel era. Um, So I'm just really, really glad we got the completion of the Clone Wars story and uh, with the siege of Mandalore and uh, really glad that Disney plus was able to bring it back for one final go round.
0: Yeah. And and the star Wars universe uh, just continues to expand. I mean, we, we, we saw season two of the Mandalorian and, and spinoffs coming out of that as well. Uh, yeah, Star Wars is alive and well. It is alive and well. Uh, and I will, I will go into a uh, quick intermission as we uh, talk more about the films uh, and the moments uh, of 2020. And, and we talked about this, uh, Daryl and Douglas, that, uh, and Thomas, I'm not going to leave you out, that cinema uh, is more than just what you see on the big screen now. I mean, there are so many cinematic moments uh, that happen uh, in, in the online world through series uh, that typically would have been, been uh, you know, TV network series that are now streaming. So there's the merging uh, of that entertainment, that visual art form. And, and so on, right here on Meet Me the Movies, we talk about so many aspects of those. Well, uh, Douglas and Daryl and Thomas, uh, thanks for joining us right here on Meet Me the Movies. We're going to take a quick intermission. Uh, we'll come back and I'll give you another one of my thoughts. Uh, 2020, a uh, standout moment. Uh, for me maybe one that you're not familiar with or or maybe one you don't even care about but but please for the for the sake of daryl douglas and thomas come back don't do it for me (laughs) do it for them do it for them start off your new year right we'll take a quick intermission right here on meet me at the movies Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, and no, this is just how I always am. Uh, <laughs> hanging out with Douglas Davidson, Darryl Manziel, and Thomas Manning, we are talking about the good things or the things that we remember relating to cinema in 2020. This is part two. Of a very special two-part special.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't ask me to say that again. Uh, I'll give you a moment that not many people will remember. It was one of these films that flew under the radar. It was a short film, and uh, but it just it just hit me at the right time. The movie is called John Bronco, and it's this biopic. It's a very unique satirical biopic about this uh, this pitchman for the Ford Bronco, and the, the crazy thing is uh, this movie was crazy on so many different levels, tons of cameos, a lot of old stock footage and stock photos that were provided uh, by the Ford Motor Company archives, and they actually endorsed this film. Walton, Coggins, uh, Walton Goggins stars as John Bronco, and he is absolutely hilarious, and it's actually one of my favorite films of the year, Um, I I wanted more uh, because it was a short film, but there were just so many uh, aspects of it that I liked. And so I'm just giving this my most created biopic uh, of the year, uh, John Bronco. Did anybody else get a chance to see that?
2: No, unfortunately not. And anything with Walton Goggins, I want to see. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing the trailer when it came out and
1: I was like, I'm all in and then just never hadn't gotten around to it yet thank you for reminding me i appreciate that it is it is
0: well worth it it's just uh like i said a very short film but it's one that uh there were so many times i was laughing and i actually um i would go back and watch specific scenes just to make sure i was hearing the dialogue right uh there because there were so many funny lines and he is just he is pitch perfect uh, on on this movie the movie's called john bronco so if you get a chance to check it out Highly, highly recommend that. All right, uh, Mr. Daryl Mansell, what have you got, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm going to make myself a pivot over to my favorite performance for the year. Um, and for me, that comes from Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods. That is an incredibly layered, nuanced, haunting performance uh, of a person who has not been able to let go of the past who has demons that he needs excised? Uh, it's 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 heartbreaking to see a person who does not know they have problems, but it's even more heartbreaking to see a person who knows that they have problems and still refuse to get help for those problems. And that's the kind of character that we're dealing with in the, uh, in the Five Bloods. He is the it's an ensemble cast but he is very much the uh the leader of everything and just seeing how the 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 detritus of the vietnam war and how it has affected him over the course of the years since leading up to present day um you know i've i've heard the horrible stories and and he is just all of those horrible stories i heard personified into a character
0: such a, a solid film on so many different levels uh, it, it's one. It's one that uh, continues to hang with me, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, just an incredible film. Absolutely. Any uh, anybody else want to chime in on *Defy Bloods*? Uh,
2: I would. I agree with everything Daryl said. The one thing that I wished uh, about circumstances being what they are, Netflix does put their films, certain ones anyway, into theaters. To have experienced that sequence with Delroy's speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's just his face and he's yelling at you, I'm trying I tried to imagine what that would have been like in a theater, and I think it would have broken a lot of people. Yeah, I really, really do. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Good,
3: good. Yeah, I, I still think yeah Delroy. He's probably he's either my one or two uh, as far as performances this year goes. Um, that's just another one of those that just stuck with me, um, along with Chadwick Boseman in that film, and Chadwick Boseman again with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Just fantastic work all around
0: well uh, um thomas or oh, we're going to we're going to uh, to douglas next is that correct <laughs> I'm to talk, if you I'm want lost, to talk to thomas man. you talk I'm to thomas a lot well i was it. just going to say um, that that um go, okay, douglas go for it man I, I need to take a nap and i'm going to go do that so, <laughs> so if you would, just wake me up when it's my turn
2: <laughs> not a problem not a problem uh mine my, we talk about favorites uh, I've talked about scenes I've talked about uh, uh, significant moments or, or performances uh, Daryl has certainly jumped around in, in more technical aspects which has just been wonderful um, to hear from him one of so far uh, I really have to say my favorite film of this year and, and I wanted to make sure to mention is actually a short film it's funny you brought up a short film there you go it's available currently on Netflix. It's called, if anything happens, I love you. It's 12 minutes long. It broke me like ugly crying at my desk. Cause I couldn't, couldn't set it up anywhere else at the time. Ugly crying. I was like, Oh, it's 12 minutes. I'll be fine. I'll just <laughs> no broken. I got up, went and hugged my son. It was, wow. it was, it was devastating. Uh, directed and written by will mccormick and michael govier will mccormick uh for those of you that don't know he is an actor uh in plain sight i think he showed up in that along with his sister mary mccormick and he's been in some other stuff as well but it's a story about loss and grief and in particular parental loss and grief and it is something that uh hopefully i will never experience but even though the way that the story is told, you can see where it's going. You you find yourself still getting getting just wrecked by it, and um, I I honestly can't recommend it enough just for the approach of telling the story, particularly in the fact that it's it's there's no dialogue. It is all music and images, and it is yeah. so far the best thing I've seen all year.
0: Yeah, the, the power of storytelling, mm-hmm. visual storytelling without dialogue, when, when done well, you don't need anything else. And Thomas and I got a chance to experience some of those through the Real Real Film Festival. On the screening committee, there were a few of those that just told powerful stories, limited or no dialogue. And when it's done well, man, it's it's absolutely incredible. I still think back to one of my favorite all-time, all-time film moments is that uh, segment in Up!, the animated uh, film where you're seeing the life of this couple and it's just unfolding with music and images and man talk about heartbreaking, but one that tells just an incredible life story. um, And it does it without dialogue Uh, that that is the power of film, the power of cinema. Absolutely. All right, Thomas, uh, dive in buddy with uh, with what you may have uh, to talk about right here on meet me the movies.
3: Uh, yeah, So the miniseries, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, um, it is directed by Scott Frank, who worked. He's worked with uh, James Mangold in the past. I think he wrote the screenplay for uh, Logan and Wolverine. Uh, but starring Anya Taylor-Joy in the lead role, uh, it's just a perfectly refined production from top to bottom. Uh, it's about this, uh, this girl who grows up and becomes a chess prodigy. Uh, she's like from an orphanage and then eventually she's like a chess world champion. But uh, just the story and uh, everything about technical aspects, um, it is it just blew me away. I was just, like breathless watching it. Um, it's seven episode miniseries. Um, it's one that once you start, you don't want to stop. Um, so that's a
0: miniseries. So it's got seven. It, episodes. it is. So this <laughs> is, <laughs> it
3: is. That's, that's okay.
0: We have to <laughs> bring that back around better bring that back around yeah (laughs) yeah but uh the
3: cinematography in this show reminded me a lot of uh, some hitchcock uh cinematography and de palma cinematography with the incredible tracking shots with the dollies and the cranes you got the split diopter and deep focus um and it's edited so so well uh the score from carlos rafael rivera um just has this incredible rhythm to it and just the show itself is an incredible rhythm but also takes the time to slow down and kind of reflect and give the audience time to ponder what they're watching uh with the characters and the development of the characters um anya taylor joy is i think one of our finest actresses that is working today uh Mm -hmm. young young actresses uh dare i say she is a joy to watch Uh, (laughs) oh uh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) um So. Adore this one. Uh, also has a uh, Thomas brody Sangster, and who's another one, another one of my doppelgangers out there. There's a few of those. Uh, so anytime he pops up, I I got to do the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen little moment. <laughs> uh, and uh, so yeah, just really big fan of this. uh One of my favorite pieces of media to come out of 2020, and um, I just can't recommend it enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a great uh, limited series. At least the first two minutes that I watched, uh, I thought it was almost, <laughs> almost something uh, compared to *Meet Me at the Movies*, uh, the 2020 wow. special part two. Almost yeah. that good. Almost that good. Yeah. Well, I, I will say um, this: this next one for me is one that that is uh, it's not so much a happy one, but uh, I, I talked about Chadwick Boseman earlier, and uh, my favorite uh, final performances. Um, looking at him in both Five Bloods and also Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I, I'm reminded of what an amazing talent he is and was. And when you look at his body of work, it's, it's pretty incredible. And there was so much more that I think we could have seen uh, from him. And uh, I, I, he's going to be missed. He is missed. But uh, to have those two performances... Uh, for his uh, for his final work uh, on film for 2020. Uh, I'm, I just uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I got to experience uh, both both of those. So uh, if you haven't seen Defy Bloods and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, both of those films are, are well worth checking out. Well, we do have time for uh, each of us to, to uh, dive in and um, or wade in or walk in or even uh, do a triple flip in if you want uh, two. Triple Lindy's
2: only. Triple Lindy's only. <laughs> that's
0: it. That's it. Uh, I, I'm a backflip kind of guy. I mean, I can do that pretty good, and only hit my head on the diving board like a couple times. So that may be what's wrong with me. I don't really really know. Uh, but that, that's uh,
3: all. That only scratches the surface of what's wrong. With you.
0: <laughs> 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 right. Well, Daryl, let's uh, let's see how you're going to wrap things up with us right here on Meet Me in the Movies, the 2020 Flashback Special. Oh, dear.
1: Art duh. uh Talked about a lot of favorites, a lot of highlights, a lot of this, a lot of that. One thing I wanted to give focus to was, for me, my favorite underrated movie of the year. And it is The Photograph. I do believe uh, the very first time I came on Meet Me at the Movies early this year, I spoke about The Photograph. I just seen it a, a day or two ago. It was the, the Valentine's Day movie of choice. A February release right before everything kind of shut down. Uh, spoke about it me and Douglas on uh, on the cinnamon. It is my number 10 for the top 10 of the year, 10 or nine, one of those two. Uh, very, very rarely, do we get to see a representation of uh, a great African American love story. That's not something ridiculously Tyler Perry. that's not somehow a joke or a mockery. And what we do is usually something low budget, limited release doesn't get a whole lot of shine. But you have uh, Issa Rae, who is coming into her own with her own show. You have Lakeith Stanfield, who has made his announcements to the world as your two leads. Um, and it is just a, a beautiful exploration of the culture and of of African-American love. And what does that mean when one is a little bit afraid to open up and the other one is a little bit too eager to hop into something? And, and how does that play out? It's a... Uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's just a beautiful exploration of two people. The score or the soundtrack that accompanies it is uh, incredibly soulful and and mellow, and it fits the tone perfectly. It's a very warm movie, uh, directed by Stella Maggie. Uh, hopefully, I get to see a lot more of her work in the future. But it is a is just a wonderful exploration of two people trying to find love.
0: Awesome, much like uh, here on Meet Me in the Movies, we're all trying to find. Uh, our love for each other on this show and it's, it's, it's fading. Uh, Every, every second, um, you know, every conflict and crisis, we just can't get over it. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to go to panel two and uh, Douglas Davidson uh, in the Brady Bunch panel. Number two.
2: Well, uh, you, you mentioned this a little bit in uh, part one of this two part (laughs) limited series, mini series, (laughs) special uh, keep going. Have you? <laughs> what have you? Um, you'd mention this, and I would certainly be remiss if we were to discuss anything involving cinema with 2020. Any sort of moment, and for me, being able to share my first ever trip to LA to explore—not uh, even the birthplace of cinema, because that's New Jersey. But
0: <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Smith cinema. is the birthplace of cinema,
2: <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey and New York uh then it moved to hollywood uh and then everybody in new york went oh, well i guess we're moving into hollywood <laughs> but um but being able to explore that area with daryl being able to share something like um being at the new beverly with the three of you um standing around at the ccas and going oh wow <laughs> you know, uh, almost getting knocked over by Quentin Tarantino, you know, those kinds of things, <laughs> these kinds of memories, um, being at the Academy's library and looking through screenplays, not even before we got to the screenplays, I, I still have a list of books that I plan to research from <laughs> and, and read at some point but just the wealth and love of cinema and being able to share it with all of you. I was re listening to a podcast for the cinnamon that the two of you joined us on after that. And just still that feeling of when I think back to going on that trip and everybody being like, you guys are going to movies, you're traveling to LA for the first time. And yes, because that's what you do when you love (laughs) cinema, you go to the places where cinema exists, yeah. and, and certainly the big places for it. So just thank you for being part of that memory, oh, man. and and probably the best thing about 2020 <laughs> uh, outside of my son. So yeah, you
0: know. oh, thank you, well thank you, man. It was it was quite it was quite amazing. And you know, there's there's I don't have many regrets in life, but there's one regret regret that I have that relating to the night of the Critics Choice Awards, um, Ryan Johnson. Uh, he's this guy that did this bunch of stuff and did, you know, Knives Out. A couple of, of indie movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> you, you know. So anyway, he walks by me and makes a special note of a tie clip that I've got. And it's a tie clip of the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, well, cool, thanks, man. I appreciate it. After he left, I like, ah, oh, I should have given it to him. I should have <laughs> made that token to say, hey, man, here, you take it. That would have been such a cool thing to see him wearing it because you know he would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He would absolutely wear it. So that's the one regret I've got of 2020, but it's still a cool memory. I could I could say that, that he loves my tackle. So there you go.
1: <laughs> Every story I hear about the critics' choice, I'm like, I had no idea they were there. I didn't know Ryan Johnson was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: and sure, right I by, sure by with answer, Noah yeah.
2: Segan. Yeah. went right by, and I was like, We just watched Knives Out again. <laughs> my fourth time. And Noah, <laughs> Noah turns around and goes, Fifth
3: time, really opens up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right.
3: No idea he was there. there, there you were right there, Daryl. You were right there for that conversation. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Zendaya might have walked by. Totally understandable. Anybody would have been distracted.
0: That's right. That's right. All right, Thomas, you have a final uh, final thought relating to films from 2020 or a film moment?
3: Oh uh, Yes, yeah, so I'm going to mention the final shot of The Sound of Metal uh, with uh, Riz Ahmed. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe the emotional resonance of it for someone who hasn't seen the movie, but if you have seen it, uh, you understand precisely just the emotional impact of it all. Um, it's really uh, one of the best performances this year that I've seen with Riz Ahmed, um, mm-hmm. and just heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, uh, just one of the most... Um, you know, just one of the most impactful, significant that I've seen this year. But um, it's one of those moments that kind of reminds you to just be and just exist as you are um, and with the way the world is going this year, especially, but just in general with our society, with how busy everybody is and how how little time we have to just reflect and sit there with what we have. Um, that final shot just kind of reminds you of the importance of that, and um, it's... Um, it's just one if you have the chance to watch the sound of metal i would highly recommend it and just that final scene is one that's going to stick with me for a really long time yeah right on
0: awesome and you got a chance to be a part of an interview uh for that film as well i think thomas so that was pretty Uh, cool yeah
3: yeah a little q a uh virtual zoom q a with riz ahmed and the director it was pretty pretty cool stuff
0: well well that that leads me to my uh final thought which is uh probably the strangest and most meta film moment uh, of uh, 2020. For me, it also uh, relates to a, a virtual press conference. There have been quite a few of those. And I want to thank uh, Netflix actually for setting up so many of those and doing such a magnificent job um, in uh, preparing those. Uh, that you know, They would uh, send out these RSVPs and they would invite you. And then if you wanted to uh, join, you would RSVP. And you could also, uh, it would ask you, do you want to ask a question? And so you would key in your question and submit it. And then they would have a moderator that may choose your question. You you never knew. And I was I was fortunate that a few of mine got uh, chosen over the course of uh, award season, uh, including one that really sticks with me. Um, there is a, a guy. What's this Mankiewicz guy who hosts this movie show? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> oh,
1: oh
3: ben, Mankiewicz. ben
1: Mankiewicz.
0: Ben Mankiewicz. Yeah. Ben Mankiewicz was hosting a Mank film q a and and actually mank was his grandfather which i did not know um and that was pretty cool Uh, david fincher was part of this interview and uh, i had a question for fincher relating to the screenplay of mank which was written by fincher's dad jack so there's the whole strange meta moment when uh when the whole question went out there and i gotta say when when it was being asked, asked and answered, I was like, okay, this is just a cool moment. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to tweet about it so I can remember it whenever uh, you know I don't remember pretty much anything in 2021. So, so there you go, uh, the, uh, the most incredible, strangest meta moment for me for 2020. We really appreciate everybody spending time with us. Uh, Daryl Menzel, Douglas Davidson, Thomas Manning, I'm Noel Manning. Uh, this has been Me, Me, the Movies, uh, and it has been a limited two part series. That is true. <laughs> that part is true on looking at the good things or the things that we want to remember from 2020 relating to cinema. You guys have any final thoughts or comments before I uh, take us out with a movie quote of the week?
1: Hopefully, 2021 is movie wise just as good as, if not better than
3: 2020. Sorry about the green night, uh, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs>
1: July 30th. I just got to make a live until July 30th.
0: Well, let, let's let's just hope we can find a way, uh, at least touring the latter part of 2021, to make it back into theaters uh, safely uh, and securely and uh, embrace um, the way cinema uh, was was created for us. Movie Quote of the Week. Uh, this comes from the film Serendipity, one of my uh, favorite romantic comedies. Not really a romantic comedy, but a uh, romance film. Uh, life's a mess Uh, you know it's chaos personified and so uh, once again that kind of ties into this show (laughs) chaos personified so until next time and i'm I'm noel manning i do appreciate you douglas and daryl for spending time with us Uh, and thomas um yeah thank you too and uh, until next time (laughs) for c19 tv and for wgwg and for meet me in the movies
2: Bombadida 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 bombadida
0: the bombadida bombadida we bombadida bombadida just sing a song and think about sunny
2: weather.
3: Happy trails to Bomba,
2: till we meet again.